Hi, this is Terry McCarty, and uh, welcome to the Black Friday edition of uh, Reviews and Otherwise. And I'll just quickly talk about a couple of films that on paper seem like uh, award season contenders and uh, in reality may not be, with very likely one exception. And uh, first, uh, I'll go to uh, David O. Russell's uh, Amsterdam. And uh, Amsterdam was a film that uh, theatrically was sold as a sort of uh, design for living, or at least somebody uh, at uh, at 20th century must have seen the Criterion cover uh, art for design for living and uh, appropriated that which to explain design for living it's the Noel Coward uh, adaptation of uh, of a uh, threesome in Europe story, and uh, that's kind of not what Amsterdam is, and then the, well, to, to add uh, injury to injury, the uh, trailers kind of sold it as, uh, watch, uh, watch the two men and, the, and, and a woman, solve a, solve a uh, mystery and kind of vaguely selling it like it's uh, Agatha Christie stuff and really uh, what Amsterdam is about uh, is a Romana Clef based on an actual story about a former uh, U.S. military official being approached and uh, to be co-opted uh, in a fascist uh, plot to uh, take over the U.S. and uh, uh, yank it away f- uh, from uh, F- F- FDR, Franklin Delano Roosevelt's presidency circa 1933. And uh, as, well, Cinematic coincidence would have it around the same time you had a uh, William Randolph Hearst uh, Cosmopolitan produced uh, film that's not known much today except for occasional TCM airings called Gabriel Over the White House where an angel uh, came to bless a president played by Walter Houston into basically uh, turning the White House into a quasi-dictatorship. So, anyway, back to, back to Amsterdam, and uh, uh, Robert De Niro shows up in the third act to play the general, which is based on an actual person, and I believe that person's name was Smedley Butler. And and the 
uh, story proper uh, concerns uh, the three three characters uh, two in love uh, John David Washington who comes off better in this than uh, in uh, Janet uh, Margot Robbie and then the the third friend but not not a really a uh, threesome participant is uh, Christian Bale playing uh, Willem Dafoe, essentially, and uh, uh, pining for a cold, uh, lost uh, wife uh, that's briefly but well played by Andrea Riseborough. And essentially, the Amsterdam got uh, dinged as a you know big misfire to flop uh, by the reviewing community, and maybe if uh, the reviewing community had kind of dug into uh, what Russell was trying to say, and he kind of says it pretty wordy toward the end because I'm sure with the test screenings uh, he probably banged his head against uh, Multiplex Wall afterwards to find out how much of a test audience, uh, how much unawareness they had of uh, of uh, American history in general and certainly obscure American history in particular. But uh, if people revisit Amsterdam and then currently it's in the premium on demand, uh, uh, phase of rental, uh, you'll find a film that kind of met the moment of the recent uh, midterm elections about uh, how fragile democracy can be and how important it is to uh, get out and vote and uh, do whatever you can to support uh, democracy and, and take it away from uh, fascism and, and those who uh, have the worst in mind uh, uh, for the lives of uh, American citizens. Moving on from there, uh, Andrew Dominic's uh, Blonde. And uh, essentially what uh, Blonde uh, well, first of all, I guess you could say, uh, for some reason, Dominic uh, has a scene, a Marilyn and JFK scene of, uh, well, to keep the family rating on the podcast, I'll just say words, oral Congress, and, uh, and it seems to be filmed uh, from the POV of uh, JFK's uh, wa waistline and that uh, caused the film to be slapped with a NC-17 and uh, in a way though, other, than the, other than that unfortunate uh, aesthetic choice uh, a lot of uh, the film is kind of a collage of uh, 
moments in the life of uh, Marilyn Monroe, uh, who's so excellently played by Anna de Armas, and I'm not ruling out uh, her getting at least a Globe nomination and maybe depending on how hard the campaign is, uh, perhaps an Academy one. But uh, as has been mentioned elsewhere, it's like Dominic seems to have as much uh, affection for for, uh, Marilyn Monroe as, say, Paul Schrader did for Bob Crane in uh, Autofocus. And the opening scenes uh, in the film are circa 1933 with uh, with the uh, fires in LA um, and uh, Marilyn's mother trying to uh, go into the Hollywood Hills and get get away from the uh, fires below and being being stopped by the authorities, and you see that sequence, and that and how good Julianne Nicholson is as uh, Marilyn's mentally disturbed uh, birth mother, and you think maybe uh, Dominic would have been better off uh, using Brad Pitt's uh, Plan B money and Netflix money to just go ahead and do a mini-series uh, adaptation of Nathaniel West's uh, The Day of the Locust. But uh, probably the most uh, off-the-wall piece of anachronism is the sequence involving uh, Marilyn in a, once again, menage a trois with the, with sons of uh, Charlie Chaplin and Edward G. Robinson, and they have a sort of, uh, well, to preserve the family podcast rating again, uh, touching session in a movie theater, and that and uh, a lot of other things in the subplot uh, that deal with the three of them uh, come off like, say, I know Karina Longworth's been mentioning a uh, movie line from the uh, 90s, uh, and it certainly looks like a uh, black and white uh, photo spread that could have been appearing in a in a uh, issue of moving line between say 1990 and 1993 uh, but it's uh, well blonde isn't uh, terrible it's uh, worth uh, hanging with uh, uh, for the greater part of three hours if if you uh, want to watch it for Anna de Armas and uh, there are occasional 
uh, other uh, besides Julianne Nicholson, uh, uh, Bobby Cannavale does the Joe DiMaggio and uh, Adrian Brody's particularly good as uh, as Arthur Miller and uh, it's it's just um, technical uh, polish and um, and. just uh, makes you think back to when Dominic could do a genuinely good film like the the, uh, Jesse James uh, uh, Robert Ford uh, from uh, 15 years previous and then and then we know in between that and Blonde uh, Dominic did uh, Killing Me Softly with Brad Pitt, and then that's kind of when he started to take himself uh, very seriously and imagine himself a, a wily coyote, super genius, uh, deep thinker, and uh, and anyway, that's kind of what we have now. So there's the black. Uh, Friday edition and I'm going to sometime next week uh, talk about uh, films including Banshees of Inisherin, uh, The Menu and uh, Till that probably will be in the awards race in uh, one way or another in spite of whatever box office uh, returns they get ultimately and and then at some point further down the line, uh, uh, Glass Onion, a Knives Out mystery uh, from Ryan Johnson. And uh, that's all for right now. Uh, if you like what you've just heard or any of the other episodes, uh, please feel free to... Make it known via your favorite form of uh, social media. And thanks ever so much for listening, and I'll see you sometime in the coming week. Bye for now.